Hello, everybody. I think we just went live. I'm not quite sure yet. Um, yes, I think we actually are live. Let's see. Oh, there we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with a Therapist. I am joined today by Libita Jarrett. She is our nurse practitioner, or psychiatric nurse practitioner, and a family nurse practitioner, mm-hmm. dual, dual licensure, here in Kansas. And she's been practicing for, don't make me guess this one. <laughs> 15 years. 15 years. <laughs> 15 years. Okay. And, yeah. um, and we are, I'm excited to have her on. She is a part of SOMA, um, but also just... An amazing. I mean, I wouldn't have you as a part of Soma if I didn't trust you and love where you came from philosophically. And today we're going to be talking about um, mental health and Pride Month. So I'm going to adjust this real quick so you can no see worries. our faces a little bit bit better. Um, but often, yeah, I think it is so important that we talk about LGBTQ issues and mm-hmm. how that relates to mental health and the medical field and finding safe spaces because I know that that hasn't always been the case and I love like picking your brain because sometimes you give me an inside scoop as to the history of that yeah it's it's been really difficult you know um I came out when I was well I knew when I was about 13 that I was a lesbian and I came out to my family when I was just shy of 18 and so you know I come from the era where uh, my mother sent me to the psych ward at the hospital so they could fix me and all that kind of stuff. Right, mental and, health was damaging. Right, yes, right, right. Yes. And so, exactly, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And so, it was awful. It was just awful. And I remember uh, being very grateful for the psychiatrist who looked at my mother and said, well, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with your daughter. She's just a lesbian. And I proceeded to, you know, but the sad part was that I didn't speak to my mom for like 10 years because she couldn't accept it. So there was no health care. There was no, you know, I couldn't go to my doctor and be honest about my my sexuality, about who I was, because it just wasn't an option, you know. And so um, I was very grateful. You know, I'm I'm 51, and I'm very grateful that the tide has turned so much. You know, uh, when I was in graduate school 15, 16 years ago, um, you know, I spent a little bit of time with Dr. Sweet and her team Mm -hmm. um, here in Wichita. And, you know, just because to do a, a, I was doing a, a part of my, Core comps was on a LGBTQ healthcare and mm. access to healthcare when mm. I was in graduate school. And oh, it, that's cool. That yeah. was part of the program. Well, it was years my ago. it was my choice. I I had okay. to do a project, and it was what and I chose brought, to do. That oh, that's awesome. So it was just um, I was so sad that it wasn't available. I mean, you couldn't honestly go somewhere and say, "Listen, I." I'm in the wrong body here, and I need to start to transition to to the the sex I'm supposed to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really exciting for me that here at Soma we are so um, you know in tune. Mm-hmm. And you, when you talk about a judgment free space, and I know a lot of, of of therapy offices and mental health facilities want to talk about a judgment free space, we have one here. I mean, that's why I've it. been here. Yes. Yeah, we live it. We live mm-hmm. it. Had my one-year anniversary with Soma last week. Yay! Yeah. So super excited. So thank you for doing this. Because <laughs> yeah. I think in, at Pride Month time, you know, it's really important that we let folks know that we're there for them. Yes. You know, completely. Especially, you know, I would say I was lucky enough to grow up in Atlanta, Georgia, where I feel like things were a bit more progressive. And then I went to other places in the U.S. and I was like, oh, Things aren't as progressive, especially yeah. in Kansas. And 
Um, luckily, I think a lot of things are changing, and I've even met with a doctor that specifically works with different, like the LGBTQ community, but also mm-hmm. um, I see doctors trying to work towards educating other physicians on just how to be kind and loving and respectful and just no exposure to just knowing oh. because I think part of part of the problem when physicians or therapists do things that are not kind and not loving is their lack of exposure mm-hmm. is their lack of understanding and <clears throat> having people in their personal life that they actually interact with that are part of that community yeah. and so and even in my own journey I've I've tried to put myself and expose myself to different types of people that I haven't exposed myself to just okay. so I can like, so I can understand and even, um, I'm really lucky enough to be able to ask some of my clients and ask questions and, and say, Hey, like what's the most respectful thing to do mm-hmm. in this situation and, yeah. and what works for you and, um, everyone's unique. And that's the thing I've learned too is, is I think we could just say across the board, Hey, do this or do that. But ultimately it's about checking in with that person mm-hmm. Um, because we all are unique and we all, yes. you know, we have different ways that we receive love and respect. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I think there's a few things that physicians could learn about the LGBTQ community and just like communication and mm-hmm. actually just putting things into their assessment forms that are yes. inclusive, things like that. Um, to ask yeah. if someone is partnered instead of, uh, you know, just married, single, widowed, or divorced. Yes. Well, so, you know, I, my my spouse and I, we've been together 29 years, uh, and we're, we've, we had got married 25 years ago in a church here in Wichita before it was even legal. Mm. And yet, for the longest time, I had to say that I was either single or mm. unmarried. And it's like, mm. well, no, that's not the case. And so then that, that I think, erodes away at the trust. Yes. That you have with a provider, whether it's a psych provider, whether it's a medical provider, whatever it is. I mean, even uh, so far as uh, years ago, we had to get a legal power of attorney for health care and financial decisions for each other. Because otherwise, if either one of us went to the hospital, um, they would call our mothers. Oh, my goodness. You yeah, know, we were 30-year-old women. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. I guess I've been <laughs> like, with this call my pro- partner yeah, there. Call my wife. Call my partner because this is not my mother. No, don't call my mother. You know, yes. I'm not seven. Yes. So I think it's really important. And embracing that, you know, and in the culture today, you know, a Black Lives Matter. And I cannot imagine how our African-American LGBTQ plus community feels right now. My heart mm-hmm. goes out to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have... I, I have white educated privilege and Mm -hmm. I am very, I'm getting goosebumps because I just feel for our African American community. It just, it breaks my heart. And then when you put, you know, on top of that, uh, you know, perhaps somebody's in that uh, LGBTQ plus community, can you imagine the struggle? And so to know that they have somewhere they can go, you know, even in, in this Midwest where you're safe. Yes. You're safe, and we don't judge, and we don't. I've. It's just. It's a wonderful opportunity, and I'm really glad to be here. You know, to be able to talk to folks about maybe you don't just need medicine. You know, so many people want a pill to fix stuff. Yes. And you know, Jenny, d- pills don't fix things. Yes. And that's part of the reason here at Soma, I make sure that you know you're in talk therapy somewhere, mm-hmm. because I can give you medications to help 
you know, with with your your serotonin issues and that kind of stuff. But that's not going to fix anything. Right. That's going to tone that amygdala down to a place where, you know, maybe it's not overfiring so bad that you can't make sense of anything. So you tone that amygdala down with with my medicine, but then guess what? You got to go to the talk therapist and you got to work through that. You got to process. So it's mm-hmm. a collaborative thing. It's not one or the other. You know, uh, there are plenty of people that don't need talk therapy. I get it. There are plenty of people that don't need medication. And to make sure that you look at both of those together mm-hmm. is super, super important. I mean, statistically, you know, the, the outcomes are much better. When both of those modalities are used in depression, anxiety, PTSD, bipolar disorder, bipolar depression, I mean, eating disorders, all of that, it's much better when those are together. And oftentimes medication's not the answer at all. Right. I mean, you know, we deal with eating disorders here. Right. And there's not a medication that's really going to help that. No, especially if they're not eating enough nutrition Mm -hmm. to even be able to absorb the medication. But the way that I frame it, and correct me if I'm wrong because this is just how I conceptualize it, is that, you know, medication can help with some of the symptoms and tamper them down so Mm -hmm. people can do the work. Right. Because oftentimes if people are in such a place of survival mode, sometimes they are just not even able to go and enter into the trauma work needed to heal. Exactly. And so I I see medication and some of the other things that we use in conjunction with therapy as resources into helping people build the bridge so they can absorb therapy and they can actually do that work because... You know, even looking on my own journey, there were periods of my life where it's like there were spaces where I was able to absorb therapy and do the work, and then there were other spaces where I wasn't. Yes. And that's where people need medication or they need some other holistic mm-hmm. method to help with that, um, including things like yoga, because yes. here's, here's the thing. Yes. So here's the other way I conceptualize it I think taking medication uh-huh. works and is effective <clears throat> to an extent. But we can also do a lot of those things if we are somehow able to get ourselves to do something, to doing a practice like yoga or yes. doing some sort yes. of physical exercise yes. or whatever other thing to help balance mm-hmm. some of those chemicals. We can do that on our own too. Yes. But not everybody is sold into that. And not for every single m- mental health illness. Mm-hmm. So let me not generalize that too much. But for a lot of them, there are other ways that we can naturally regulate our body systems, but we have right. to be willing to do, do the, the al- alternative holistic thing. And right. what I see is that medication's a bit more convenient and easier well, we're in and a- accessible yeah. sometimes. And so that's why I think people tend to gravitate towards, okay, medication's going to be the thing I do. I can pill in it and I'm done. Yes, mm-hmm. versus trying something alternative. Because um, sometimes they have to try a couple different things mm-hmm. to see what actually works for them. Right. And, you know, what I found, I guess, in my journey, too, is when you talk about post-traumatic stress disorder, when you talk about, uh, you know, any kind of trauma like that, you know, your body, trauma comes back in a reaction, not a memory. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Vanderkolk says that, and mm-hmm. I... I believe that personally and professionally when we react to things and we have any kind of trauma history we're reacting from that base so all the medication in the world can't fix that however if you have uh you know a schizophrenia a bipolar disorder a major depressive disorder those are often caused by a mutation on dna chromosomes Mm -hmm. there are three chromosomes that chromosomes 18 19 and 21 that can have mutations that you get you get from your parents and so if that's the case then yeah we need to work on medicine and maybe you are blessed enough not to have 
you know, other issues on top of that. However, we're all human. Yes. So we're all broken. And I really love the, you know, the idea of you fill those broken cracks with gold, whether that gold is talk therapy or yoga. Yoga has been priceless for me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you, you make yourself, you know, our yoga instructor, Amy, said to me the other day, she said, uh, yoga helps teach you to be comfortable in uncomfortable positions. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that what we want to do? Yes. You know, we want to learn to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. You cannot change the situation. You can work with your body, your breathing, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And if you're feeding your body, whether you're feeding it spiritually, emotionally, you know, uh, physically, you've got to feed it to make anything work. So I see it as a, uh, as a, as a prism, really. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you have talk therapy, you have yoga, you have maybe some somatic experiencing therapy, you have good nutrition, you have dietary concerns, and maybe you need medication. Yeah. But it's not uncommon for me to bring somebody into my office and say, how's this medicine working for you? And they're like, well, it really isn't. I've been on it for a year and a half, and I just take it because I'm told to. Mm. That's so sad. It, is. it breaks my heart. Yeah. Let's work through this. Yep. And, yep. you know, I think you and I both know about lots of patients that, uh, in our experience, that have said, I don't need talk therapy. I don't need talk therapy. And six months later, they're like, I'm so glad I went to therapy. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it doesn't hurt, I promise. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's, and that's kind of, I mean, obviously I'm biased because I'm a therapist, but I think anybody can benefit from therapy. It just depends on what mm-hmm. you're wanting to work on and mm-hmm. level up in your life. I don't think everyone, okay, regardless, I think people would be better humans in the world if they did a little bit of therapy, but I can't say that everyone technically needs it. Mm-hmm. I do think people can get those they can do healing in other ways as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do believe in that. But the ways that I know and I've seen be helpful for people and helpful in the way that like the other big part I don't think people understand is our brains are wired to hide certain truths from us. Yes. And when we try to work on our own stuff, we will always biasly lean towards something because our brain will not let us yes. see certain truths that working with other mental health professionals and people who are able to gently kind of let, like explain to you in ways your brain can absorb these hard truths that Mm -hmm. you otherwise wouldn't. That's the reason why working with another person is so crucial. Like I would be all about the self-empowered journey, which parts of the journey are self-empowered. And I think it is, it is increasingly like and scientifically helpful to work with another human being because our brains are wired to lie to us in certain ways they are because it's self-preservation it is so if you go back and you look you know we don't intentionally run into traffic Mm -mm. why because we're self we're it's called self-preservation so Mm -hmm. especially like you know my trauma started when i was very very young and so i learned all of these methods to keep myself safe looking back as an adult Oh my gosh, you know, they can make a person feel like they're insane. Yes. No, that's self-preservation. Yes. That's safety. That's doing the best you can with what you've got. So take that, embrace that part of you. Yes. You know, the resilience that can be gained from that. You know, I think the, the part, the other thing that um, therapy is so important, oftentimes we can take those big, ugly things and we just put a real pretty fence around them and grow a pretty green ivy around them. But that big, ugly thing is still sitting back there. Totally. And we get so scared of how big it might be. And you know what? Once you take the fence down and you look at it, all of a sudden it's really not as big as you thought it was. 
Yes. You know, that's that's one thing I've been so grateful for in this practice, too, is, you know, when somebody comes in and they have an issue, you know, and, and they feel like it's so huge, we're there to support them. It's kind of like, you know, um, uh, we circle the wagons or whatever. I'm, I'm a little bit older, so that might be too old of a phrase. But, you know, we really just all pull together. Yes. And, and we say, guess what? Your life matters. Yes. And we're here for you, and we have a dietitian that can help you, and we have yoga instructor that can help you, and we have multiple different styles of talk therapists that can help you, and we have play therapy, and we have uh, somatic experiencing therapy, and if you need medication, we're all on the same team. Yes. So, I mean, that's just really been priceless. You know, I've been doing this for 15 years, long time, and I will tell you that I believe that what we have at SOMA is really unique, and I would say that I... I, I gave her money to say that actually before this. No, she bought a Starbucks. I did That's get her Starbucks. She bought a Starbucks. But no, it, it's... I motivate people and myself. <laughs> she, you know, it, it is unique. I mean, uh, and lots of, of uh, places try really hard, and I know that. But it's all about the philosophy. Yes. You know, and, and anytime... And embodying that. Yes. Because I think, I think a lot of group practices, what I've seen, and I know we're kind of speaking generally about a lot oh. of different things, but Sorry. welcome to us <laughs> talking about things. <laughs> um, but I think generally a lot of practices, even if they do have a med manager or they have other people in their facility, they don't have an intentional... Um, circling of the wagons like we do every Friday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they don't actually have a lot of like opportunities to communicate and intermingle with professionals Mm -hmm. throughout the day. And I think one of the unique things about us is um, I really do try to create that community. And even more so, I'm always thinking about how can we do that a little more? Mm -hmm. How can we create more community, create more collaboration, create more opportunities for us to connect um, and we actually do that, and we actually yeah. communicate. And my doors typically, um, Mondays and Fridays are my days that I typically space out for meetings with different people in the community and mm-hmm. meetings with providers and just, like, mm-hmm. really wanting to connect with. Like, that's those yeah. are my days that I yeah. typically am like, all right, this is connection time. Right. Um, and- so it's really, it's like, it's scheduled, mm-hmm. right? Whereas I think other practices don't have those meetings. Right. If they have a meeting, it might be once a quarter and it's always awkward for them because they're so not used to meeting. Yeah. Um, and they might just see each other in passing, but there's not a lot of communication in between. But yeah. I, I feel like there are several times a week where I, I sit one-on-one with a provider and we mm-hmm. just talk through something. Um, and that yeah. and that's really helpful for me too because I... I'm a provider that feels like I always learn from y'all. Yeah, well, There's so many questions I have about medication management, too, that when a client asks me, I'm able to go to you and say, mm-hmm. okay, explain this. Because right. this is what I understand, but I did not go to school for that. I have very limited understanding. Help me, you know, help me process this. Right. And, and then, you It know, happens the same way. It's go. vice versa. You know, we, I, I, I can have a client in my room and, and something they say or something triggers something. I'm like, I'll be right back. And... And any given day, I can come out and I can say, okay, listen, I need a therapist to talk to somebody right now because they're in crisis and that, ther- that crisis bubbles up when they're sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's really important. And again, you know, talking about Pride Month and the, the LGBTQ plus community, and, mm-hmm. and that's just so important to know that you can come to a place and you can completely unzip whatever facade you might wear in the community because of your job, your family, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can say, I need help. Yes. You know, just being LGBTQ+, that in itself can create its own trauma. Yes. Um, you know, even if you're, 
which I think this is a, nobody's life is perfect, but even if you have a perfect life, just the fact that you identify differently can, I mean, then all of a sudden, guess what? You don't fit in with 80% of the population, 90% of the population. And that's traumatic in itself. Right. So let's come and talk about that. Let's, you know, let's go through that. Especially in a culture where, I mean, we are, we have grown leaps and bounds and I do want to give credit to that. And there's still so much that we are learning. And I feel like one of the cool things about us is that, you know, our admin, even they know how to talk about different things and mm-hmm. they are inclusive and, and, and those little nuances where even with, I've heard stories of people going to like doctors or therapy offices where maybe their therapist was really, um, loving and accepting and, and good about, yeah. you know, being open-minded and helpful and, and supportive, but the admin staff wasn't or so you know what I'm saying so like even those little disconnects yeah. and the little nuances and and I'm still learning things too where someone's like hey why isn't this in your intake form and I'm like you're Guess right there. I'm sorry I just you know that that's my privilege of not thinking that right? right because it's like I never I don't I learn from my clients I learn from other people mm-hmm. and experiences because I just yeah because I yeah. don't always know exactly what to do in the sense of like what their experience is and so um, I'm, I'm still learning. And I think, I think being able to have that learning mindset though is important and being able to admit, like, I don't know, and I don't have all the answers. Right. And like, even though I'm very supportive and an ally, like I still mess up. Well, yeah. Um, but I, mean, the, I feel like the ways that we do it, we try to be like, okay, I'm sorry, move on. How can I learn from this? Exactly. You know? Just like any other thing that we will mess yeah. up as humans. And I think, you know, <laughs> even in my line, I mean, I have been a therapist the, uh, a therapist, excuse me. I've been a nurse practitioner. Get in that therapy mindset. I've um, been a therapist. Uh, yeah, right. You're no. a therapist? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, but I've been a nurse for 30 years. You know, I've been a nurse practitioner for 15 almost. And I'm like, golly, I, I have so much to learn. And there's so much more I can learn. And, and I yes. learn things from my patients every day. I learn things from you guys every day. And I know I'm probably I, I'm the eating disorder community, too. <laughs> I'm like, Levita, this is how we do this. And right, this right. And she's been so, and I love that you've been so receptive because that's, that's all I could ask for is someone receptive and, and able, willing to learn, which is absolutely 100% I mean, what you are. I remember when, when we <laughs> first started doing some of this eating disorder stuff, I totally didn't realize that even just showing an, an eating disorder patient their weight was an issue. Just I, I weigh people, right? I'm a nurse practitioner. They just think about the numbers of the data. They're the not n- right. trying to be jerks. They're not no. trying to hurt anyone's feelings. And, and then, yeah, it's that Oh, my simple. gosh, I triggered somebody or mm-hmm. I traumatized them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I remember the first time you said to me, Levita, please. And I'm Mind like, weights. oh, oh, my gosh, I felt awful. And yet there was such support there. Yes. You know, and yes. so I learned. And I think the other thing that happens is oftentimes people will go to a primary care doctor. Mm-hmm nurse practitioner, PA, all of them, primary care provider. Mm-hmm. And what's the first thing the person does that takes you back to the, see the, pro- the provider? They put you on the scale mm-hmm. and they check your blood pressure and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't realize, I mean, I've had patients that come in here and because you've helped make me aware of that, they'll tell me I went to my primary care provider's office and they put me on the scale and and I was just it was awful and I haven't eaten in two days mm-hmm. oh my goodness I am so sorry that and it's not that that provider is ignorant or mean or anything like that mm-hmm. they just don't understand yeah they just know? weren't they aren't trained in eating disorders in yeah. school and they're not trained in 
LGBTQ no. like oh, gosh, issues. No. So even I remember having a discussion about, um, you know, if you go to your OBGYN, they are, like the assumption is you are doing sexual health with a man, right? right like that's right. the assumption right. or like, you know, different things like that right. where you're unintentionally, and, yes, mm-hmm. they unintentionally assume certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just that subtle. It is. It's just that subtle. It's, it's hard. You know, when I finally, um, I was in my mid-30s when I found an OBGYN that I could say, listen, I don't, I don't want to have periods anymore, and I can't complain. And, and she's like, well, aren't you and your husband looking to have a baby? Because I had marked that I was married. And I said, no, my wife and I mm-hmm. aren't having any babies. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, I am so sorry, LaVita. Mm-hmm. And you know what? She's been my OBGYN ever since then. And so, yes. you know, little things you learn, like, guess what? I don't have to have pap smears as often as a heterosexual woman does. Mm-hmm. There's a difference, you know. And to find a, find a person that was sensitive to that, to find yes. a medical doctor that was sensitive to that, yes. that's huge. Yes. You know, and, and again, to find a, a, a therapy office where... That is so respected. That is, you know, just like any any difference, we all have differences, you know. It's just been really beneficial. And to, to work here and to see patients here, I'm so grateful for that. You know, and I just, I really want our LGBTQ community to know that we're here for you. Um, I, I feel your pain. I'm, I'm uh, you know, I came out in the 80s. And that was a long time ago. And, you know, we weren't able to be as you know open as folks are today and i'm very grateful that our that your generation can can be there and can have that opportunity because it's so important to just be who you are you know i know that a lot of folks um i I know jenny's sitting over here but i want to talk to you guys a lot of folks you know my parents will disown me or um my mother hasn't spoken to me or it's really difficult i think an important thing to remember is it's hard for your folks to go from i was going to have a son who was going to get married and and we were going to have babies to their in their mindset if you're a gay man or a lesbian, you're never going to have babies. You're never going to have a proper relationship, whatever that proper relationship is. You're never going to have any of that. And none of that is true. Right. So please, you know, reach out. You are valued. You do have worth. You know, whether you're transgender, whether you're, I don't, however you identify, lesbian, gay, straight, queer, transgendered, any of that, you have value and you have worth. And if you ever question that, Please call someone because there are people out there that care about you. And I know what it's like to be a lesbian in the 80s who felt like you were worthless. I was raised in a very strict Christian home. And to find that value can be really difficult, but we can help you. Yes. Okay, we can help you. And sometimes I think the mental health aspect comes into play because, and even for family members too, because people are still, when they go through a transition, the family grieves. Even yes. even well-intentioned, good, healthy family systems are going to grieve a little bit, whatever notions or expectations they had. Well, we um, always have expectations of our kids. Right. And so, and so they're going to, if they, if they are healthy, they will grieve and then move through that process into acceptance and fully actually, you know, yes. be learning and growing with you. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and sometimes that does take, you know, family therapy or or something, right? 
or on the opposite end, what I've seen, even with my clients, you know, LGBTQ community or in other circumstances for other reasons, sometimes therapy is really helpful in helping them differentiate and be healthy when your family isn't able to be healthy and, and yes. loving and accepting, because sometimes that is the true reality for people. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so mental health wise, just kind of connecting the dots there too, mm-hmm. where um, this is, this is big, right? Yeah. You can't, big. you can't change them and you're not going to change your parents view, your family's view, whoever, but you can change you. Yes. And that's what I try and, and get through to folks is I'm sorry that that sucks. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm sorry that that's, you know, I've been with the same woman for almost 30 years and my mother still refers to her as my friend, yeah. you know, so that sucks yeah. and you change you. Right, and you're not you're not waiting for your mom to right. I'm not waiting for the fruit. Right, it's not have a moment where she finally gets it and is accepting and embracing. Yeah, yeah, it may just never happen. And you know, sometimes there's the grieving on the other end of that too, Mm -hmm. right? Grieving what we want and need our parents and other loved ones in our lives to be. And I've seen people that I worked with in the LGBTQ community, you know, not fully become differentiated or their true healthy selves until they realize that they did have to grieve some relationships. Mm-hmm. And I think the relationship part kept them stuck because they were loyal to the relationship and then they had these like warring yes. pieces. Yes. Right? Yes. And so, yeah, so working with a therapist or just having healthy people in your life that can show you there's there's love and acceptance and, and on the other side, like, you know, that's so crucial in, in many it people's is. journey. It really is, you know, because especially my generation, you know, we would have uh, it tamped it down and, and married a married a man or, or married a woman or whatever, even though it didn't feel right on the inside. A lot of inside. people did. And that, then, exactly. yeah. And then you wake up and you're 50 and your parents are gone or, or you, whatever, whatever happens for you. And you're like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And then the the guilt and all the things that must go with that. I mean, I guess I was I was fortunate. Um, you were a rebel. I was kind of a rebel. She was a rebel. I was a rebel. <laughs> I mean, I was climbing the the fences in Austin, Texas, in nineteen eighty. Uh, it would have been nineteen eighty eight. Uh, you know, pounding for gay rights. You know, I mean. It sounds exhausting now because I'm 50 plus, but, um, but you know, it was, and, and where I was going is I guess I was blessed because my father died when I was 17 Mm -hmm. and he was the one that it was like, oh gosh, I can't disappoint my papa. I can't disappoint my papa. I was literally applying to East coast colleges so I could leave and be me. Mm -hmm. And lots of people don't have that advantage. You know, so they're here and they do what's expected. I mean, my dad wanted me to marry the farm boy next door, you know, so our farmland would would be next to each other and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, you don't even understand. I can't do that. (laughs) You know, and so to to um, to be fortunate enough to have the opportunity, you know, I wish my dad was still alive, but to have the opportunity to then open up and break through. Lots of folks don't have that even in, in 2020. They don't have that. So they need to, you know, know that we're here for them, that we can, we can help, we can talk through this, we can give you tools, we can help strengthen you. Yes. Because you cannot change other people. Yes. I think that's super important. Yes. Super grateful for Soma for that. Absolutely. So know we're here for you. 
Yes. And, and, and I hope that, you know, I know that in other areas, I've heard of other great practices too. So if people are listening from oh, yeah. around the country, yeah, like, yeah. um, but if you ever need help in connecting to those resources, just let me know and I'll see what I can do. Um, sometimes I've been able to help. I even once helped a gal get connected to a resource in Jamaica. That's my most proud moment. I was wow, like, wow, Jamaica. Other countries, woo. So like that was really a cool thing. Um, but I'll do what I can. I, I can't promise that there'll be a 100%, you know, Jenny approved. They're just what I can find <laughs> in my research and kind of helping you. Um, because sometimes that process itself can just be kind of overwhelming and exhausting. Yeah. But here in Wichita, we, yeah, we practice what we preach. Yep. Uh, we're not perfect, but we're willing to learn. Um, yeah, we're, we're, tr- I mean, we're, we're just trying to learn in so many different ways and, yeah. and we will always be growing as a practice. And that's part of our philosophy is, is growth. Yep. So thank you for joining oh, me today. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. She's um, such a good kid. <laughs> I know she. she gives I do me that. Sorry, all that stuff. Yes, yes, it's good stuff though, and I I appreciate you and what I get to learn no, from your thank wisdom. You very so much. thank you for that, and we will tune in tomorrow at nine fifteen. Take Bye. care, y'all. Thanks.